Hey everyone, thanks for listening in. I'm Jordan. I'm Josh. And you are listening to Tools for the New Frontier. Hope you enjoy. Hey everyone, if you're enjoying Tools for a New Frontier, do us a huge favor and please, please, please subscribe on whatever platform you're listening and leave us an honest review. Thanks. Quick episode disclaimer, uh, me and Josh, this is a weird week for us. We recorded in a different location and you can tell the EQ is a little bit weird. Everything sounds a little loud. So uh, just a heads up. Sorry about that. We're aware. Um, uh, hopefully in the next week or two, we'll get a second microphone and things will sound nice and sharp and crisp, but bear with us until then. And thanks for listening. Welcome back for tools for the new frontier. Uh, we're, this is a new tools episode finally uh i can't believe it feels like we've been on the enneagram for a long time when you think about it it's been a while (laughs) it's not been all enneagram though yeah yeah it's true you got the interview episode in between but spiral dynamics i'm ex i'm both excited and a little bit anxious to talk about spiral dynamics because it's so big and i think even as we talk over our notes now there's this awareness that it's still, the understanding of it is still developing. Yeah. It's an unfinished, the Enneagram, it's like we kind of see the beginning and the end for the most part. Spiral Dynamics is not necessarily that way. Well, Spiral Dynamics as a system is still in development itself. Yeah. Like it's undergoing research. The Enneagram is hundreds of years old. Uh, This one is not hundreds of years old. Nope. It starts in the 50s, is that right? I'm going to cheat. I'm going to pull up uh, Wikipedia here for a second. <laughs> um, so there's, there's a guy named Don Beck who is a psychologist, and he was interested in, like, group psychology, not, like, individual psychology, and how do groups of people relate to one another. And he's like, there needs to be a system. that We need to systematize this and make it into a science, essentially. And so he laid the initial groundwork for this thing. It was... The name was awful. It was so bad. Do you remember reading about this? Yeah, it was like a five or six word name. It it was brutal. If I can find it while I'm scrolling through here, I'll say what it is. But it was like, yeah, it was like six or seven words. It was like the psychological profile of institutionalization system understanding. I was like, what is that? (laughs) And, And the guy who came after him, who, uh, we got Beck... If and then we got maybe maybe it was Graves. No, it wasn't Graves. It was another guy. Um, the guy who came after him and sort of took the torch from him, renamed it Spiral Dynamics, which is probably a good call. No, Don Beck was the second guy. Oh, who's the first guy? I can't remember. It might have been Graves. Okay, maybe maybe it was Graves. Graves was the old guy. But but there's two guys. We're kind of in the second iteration of Spiral Dynamics, and so just to explain Spiral Dynamics, we're going to use an illustration. That, that it's ju- this is strictly to illustrate the idea of spiral dynamics and, and how to think about what it is. So spiral dynamics, instead of using numbers or something like the Enneagram, it uses colors. Um, and let's go through the colors, and I feel like it kind of explains itself a little bit. So the first level in color is beige. And beige is an instinctive level. So we'll go back and talk about these a little bit. But basically when you're in beige, think about, let's, let's draw a comic book strip of humanity here for a second. Beige is when humans 
or a state of consciousness where humans are like reactionary. The caveman. Yeah, it's the caveman. It's not, to- not even the cave people. It's just the cave. Just the caveman. There's not other people. Just totally reactionary, survival-oriented, um, l- literally like reactionary, like not thinking about the rain until it starts raining. And then it's like, oh, okay, let's get out of the rain. Oh, I'm hungry. Let's go find some food. Um, and so once you get good enough at beige, maybe you find other people. You end up bumping into other people. And then you get to the next level, which is purple. Um Purple is kind of tribal thinking and tribal consciousness, tribalism, animalistic and magical. Think about, uh, I guess this would be... Animistic. Like animistic. <laughs> animistic. We've got some... Uh, As in animation. Yeah. Um, so this is tribal thinking. And think about, I guess this would be like hunter-gatherer humanity. Yep. Yep. Kind of running around, killing stuff, uh, dancing around the fire at nighttime. The... Um, in this in this level of consciousness, the world is a mysterious place, and people are kind of working together to overcome the mystery. Shamans are sometimes, I feel like, oftentimes valued a lot in purple. The mis- the the mystical people are valued in purple. Traditions are forming. Yeah, yeah, um, great. And then you, and then you're in purple long enough, and typically one individual will start to stand out from the crowd and lead the tribe. So or you can think of it this way. Once the tribes form, now you have separate tribes. Mm. And now there's potentially conflict between the tribes. Ooh. And so in the face of conflict, there has to be leaders. Usually somebody steps up, and this is where we get into red, yeah. which is uh, a little bit more empirical, focused on power. The ego becomes more dominant. Imperial, you mean? Imperial. You said empirical. Yes, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> empirical is the next step. So very imperial. So you might think of this in humanity as like the the stretch of monarchy. So like I feel like historically what we see in red, and me and Josh have made a point to stay away from like concrete details because <laughs> we're not historians. But like historically, what you see in red is a lot of war, mm-hmm. uh, and then everybody looking to these to these leaders to these figureheads mm-hmm. um i guess you get the kind of tribal chieftain emerges maybe yep. is a way of thinking about red and then maybe in the midst of all the war and things you realize you know it's not good to have people calling these shots there's a lot of people dying for no reason let's have a law that everybody has to answer to uh, an idea and a way of looking at the world that everybody has to answer to so you move from red to blue, which is which is an additional layer of power that everyone is subject to. Maybe it, like I've always thought about it, and maybe this is wrong, but as is almost trying to tame the reds. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's the establishment of law. Yeah, establishment yeah. of law, the emergence of law for the first time. There you go. Writing down the rules so that everybody can see them. People who are in blue, oftentimes you see blue, there's a fixation on books, on a book, whether that's like a fictional book or like a book of the law, or uh, you might think of Judeo-Christianity or um, or Islam with their focus on the Bible and the Quran, uh, both very, very bluish, mm-hmm. blue-level consciousness. And um, they- Yeah, you get, you get into uh, sacrifice and salvation. Mm. We're thinking a little more long-term. 
we're trying to establish order amid the cha- amidst the chaos. The Petersonians. <laughs> Petersonians. Uh, then we move to Orange, which, which historically is the emergence of the Renaissance or free thought. Historically is America. Yes. Western. Yeah, pretty much. Just think of America. I mean, people are like, you know what? Your law is cool, but uh, I think there's probably a better way to do the law. We're going to figure it out and like measure it. And, and, and so you get Western expansionism. You get America going to be free. Uh, orange is very empirical. Orange is empirical. This is the empirical one. Yeah. Very concerned with data. Uh, what's the the best thing to do? Very rugged individualism mm-hmm. is very orangish. Uh, you come out from that law and realize that there's shades of gray, and so you go to explore and conquest and figure out the from here to there. You think about um, the mentality of modern medicine. I feel like is very orange. They want to measure everything and make a perfect medicine that's just going to fix every problem. Yeah, and orange. everything is cut and dry. Orange gets scientific. Yeah. Yeah. So you see si- the science has emerged. So the Renaissance is an interesting way to think about orange. Thinking, yeah, and thinking gets projected out a little further so that there's a creation of uh, expectancy about the future. Mm. It's like they're anticipating... Uh, problems more than it they're they are anticipating problems to the point where they manifest expectations and if things don't go according to expectations they recalculate the data and figure out what they can't expect Hmm. so you sort of start to see the emergence of expectation too so green um there's a little bit of arrogance in that expectation. I feel like that is the arrogance of orange, mm-hmm. and that's why orange is thought of as arrogant because they they get out their their little track figured out, and then it's like they project out ahead. Well, yeah, I and mean, then, th- you think about how orange emerged. It was like a great example is the American Revolution. They were totally dissatisfied with blue, with the 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 uh, tradition and the lack of progress because blue tries to hold everything in place. Yeah, yeah. And orange says, no, we have to move. Mm. We have to grow. We have to progress. Otherwise, we're going to get buried. And it really is a survival thing. Orange is not bad. Like, it's not intrinsically arrogant. It's just like all the other levels. It's essential for where you are. And then orange moves into green. And this is where, this is really the last level that, before they start to repeat. And green's a little tricky. Uh, to explain. So you might think of green as realizing, so you've got this rugged individualistic orange. So let's let's paint a poetic picture to kind of try to explain the idea. So you've got this rugged individualist America orange. And then there's this realization that, wow, we don't have it all figured out. There are other cultures out there in the world. Um, there are other people who who see the world differently who need our help, maybe. And there's this global awareness that starts to emerge. Um, orange, I feel like, is very fixated on the objective. And green starts to see colors in the numbers. Um, does that make sense to you? Mm-hmm. You want to try to explain green at all? I feel like the emergence of green was initiated by uh, like the philosophers and then carried forward by the artists that emerged 
in the later, uh, like, towards the Renaissance era. Yeah. I feel like it started to appear during the Renaissance era, where the artists recognized that everything was connected, past, present, future, as well as, like, everything that's in the present. And the art, and the reason their art is carried forward so far with us, you know, hundreds of years, in some cases thousands, is because it reconciles so much of what is happening and what has happened. Mm. That was very vague, I feel like. It was, it was, no, 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 I understand what you, so let me, let me take that vagueness and let's make it really specific, like stuff people will recognize today. So I feel like green is like NPR, Priuses, so like that environmental awareness, Mm -hmm. uh, Facebook and Google's company cultures, I feel like are very green. Uh, very like aware of poverty, aware that they have some sort of role and responsibility, but not sure exactly how. Like they're out of touch. Like Google, obviously, maybe Facebook or oh, this is we're about to get sued. <laughs> maybe <laughs> drop too many too many Maybe uh, Google and Facebook care about poverty, but it's like they're so out of touch. They're like, let's make this little program, you know, and this and that. And they're not involved in the communities where there is poverty and, like, teaching people how to fish, in a manner of speaking. Uh, And I feel like that's green. It's like green is starting to understand that there's a world. We've got to figure this out. All the people in all the systems, they're somehow connected but not sure how. We have some sort of responsibility, some sort of wholeness together. Yeah, so what I was thinking was... um me being interpersonally geared, I was thinking of like Shakespeare and how Shakespeare emerged really in like the height of the development of blue, like tradition. Yeah. And the establishment of these like very uh, strong cultural codes people had to live by. Mm. And the things Shakespeare did or the things Elvis Presley did were like abominable. They were like, oh, yeah. Like you guys are way out of line. Um, but what they recognize, this is where I say it emerged from the artists. What they recognized was like, no, we can't just ignore these aspects of life. Yeah. They were kind of the counterbalance to all the order. They just wanted to shake things up a little bit. Yeah. So they were like, no, this is also important. And they couldn't help but express that. And it helped to usher in like this idea that everything is connected. We were talking about green before this and we used the word harmony. Green is aware of the harmony mm. in the world, and the the uh, like the idea that you can't just leave things out. Yeah, which is where you get like the environmentalists, and a lot of people don't have a don't have a complete picture, even if they are like operating in green, and so you end up with uh, <laughs> the rioters and the street racers yeah. and these kind of like more rebellious types. <laughs> And then, so that's that's six. And then it's hard to explain. Yellow is the next level, but at this point, the spiral the spiral starts to repeat to a certain degree. So, the next color is yellow, and you might think of yellow. The best explanation I've heard is it's like an octave higher than beige. So it's like starting over again at beige. You are alone in your level of understanding. Uh, of the people around you, just like the beige person is alone, but it's a whole new landscape. 
The problem is no longer food. That's been solved. The problem is no longer understanding how you connect to other people. That's not the problem anymore. Um, all of these other levels have been... And then you start over again at beige, but it's like an octave higher. The problems are different. Your reaction, you're more instinctive. Uh, and we even talked about yellow in our notes. Like They're seamless communicators. They no longer have to do the acrobatics of trying to understand the other colors. They naturally understand the other colors, totally intuitively. Right. So they've gone... What, what happens in yellow... We talked about the number, <coughs> or we mentioned the number, I think, in a campfire talk, with the number seven. Where in the Enneagram, uh, there's the seven-step journey that's represented by the um, couple of the triangles. Mm-hmm. Um, and on step seven, you arrive back where you started. And just like in a musical octave, you go seven notes, and then you arrive back to where you were. So on step eight... You're still you, but in this case, at least as far as we can tell, it seems you go from trying to reconcile your place amongst other people in the material world to your place among, basically amongst the stars, like amongst the, Mm. like, as, as you exist within the context of a much broader picture. That's good. And those are the colors. So, this is Spiral Dynamics. Let's dive a little deeper. Alright, so a few things about Spiral Dynamics that are important disclaimers in understanding the tool. Uh, The first one is the historically macro and micro. So, there is a sense in which humanity has moved through the colors of Spiral Dynamics, and they emerge on a large scale. But we also go through these colors in our life, in our daily life. We even, at one point, and it's, I think that especially now as we get into spiral dynamics, it would take forever to explain this. But me and Josh started to kind of map out where we hit these different levels of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and it, you can. You can find the lines, the moments, and the seasons of life that you were in these different colors. Uh, the second one is stacking. You want to explain stacking? You have a really good grasp of stacking. Yeah, so the subsystems work. Uh, Don Beck explains them as basically like software programs um and while they are divided into like coded colors or levels um it's a vertical system that stacks and these things are not like <coughs> individual personality profiles like the enneagram yeah and you're even, not like a blue person and you're forever blue right <laughs> um so uh, the system stack meaning they you can't have one without the ones below it being present. Yeah, is really all that means, and you can't move up without meeting the needs of the ones below it. So it's a few things, like a few explanation points that help me connect the dots. If you're in purple, you don't have green, but if you're in green, you do have purple, and. Another way to think about this is like if you just pick any color like blue, like say you're in a blue culture, say somebody pulls out a gun, everybody may go beige. It's like the beige is still operating down there somewhere. Mm-hmm. And and even if you're this really sophisticated person, say you uh, you are hiking in a trail and you get lost. 
beige might start to come back up again. Right. You start to remember how to hunt squirrels, and your body starts doing stuff that you're not thinking about to stay warm. Uh, all of the operating systems operate within one another. Yeah. Depending so, on your stress and stuff. Yeah, you can reference Maslow's Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which is pretty well-known little throw-together system. Um, physiological needs are at the bottom, and then as you get to the top of the pyramid, it's a pyramid. As you get to the kind of like the food pyramid, it's just divided. Um, as you move towards the top, you go from physiological to safety to belonging to like self-esteem to self-actualization and like maximizing your potential and creativity and all that. So it works very simply like in beige, you're trying to get food. Yeah. If you don't have food, your brain's going to prioritize finding food yeah. if you're hungry. Yep. And that's just the way, it, like, we don't have a choice in that matter. You cannot choose or control it. Right. So, like, the reason America would be, America was created by people who operated in, what was it, orange? Yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, the, like, the orange subsystem, the orange mentality, mind you, this is, this is like a, in this situation, we're talking about a group, um, but these are, like we said, they're subsystems that operate at different times based on whatever needs need to be met. Yeah. Um, humanity, on one hand, is always trying to, like, I've totally, like, gone off track here, but humanity, on one hand, is always trying to uh, secure what it has. As a person, you're always trying to secure what you have while trying to move forward and acquire more. Mm. Um, and so... Orange emerged because people were not satisfied with blue. Mm -hmm. um, and green only exists because of the work that orange has done. Yeah. Because in America, we've, like, we, like we were talking about, like, we no longer fear lions. Yeah. <laughs> There's no need. Uh, we no longer worry about many of us, like, running out of food. Um, in a lot of parts of America, we're not, like spontaneously drawing weapons and killing each other yeah so and, th and that is true of some places it is it like absolutely is. the spiral dynamics has helped me to understand poverty a lot more because you see impoverished people and, and you'll see something that'll happen and think these people are animals but with spiral dynamics you start to realize no they're not animals you would be exactly that way if you had the need trigger stressors going on that they had going on mm -hmm. so it's important to remember that spiral dynamics is based on those need triggers you can't will yourself from beige to purple like if you're hearing this now and you're realizing oh like i'm an orange like rugged individualism and puricism like materialism materialism like a new the new atheist quote unquote the new atheist movement i feel like is an orange movement like if you feel like you can hear these and, and see and where you are you can't will yourself to the next level. You have to meet the needs of the level that you're at before you can get to the next level. Right. Um, and so stress will push you down the spiral. Right. And relief from pressures and stress will push you up the spiral. They allow you to move up. So, so that's interesting. So is that what, is what you mean by that? You can have... The stress, the the um, the relief of like no stresses, but still not move up if you don't want to. Yeah. Well, I mean, you get into like, <laughs> don't sound so disappointed. <laughs> you get into uh, a little bit of like psychology where um, 
if you have not been exposed to somebody who has developed or like a, another culture who has developed further along, like when you pull somebody, you've seen probably some of the documentaries at some point in your educational life where they pull like a tribal person out of their tribe and bring them to America. And that person will forever be changed yeah. because they've now been exposed to a whole different way of operating. They won't be able to immediately go from tribal to America. They can't jump from purple to orange. You can't. Yeah, you can't skip all those systems in terms of development. The systems take time to like set in, and you have to kind of get comfortable there, and then you can move forward. But um, at the same time, there'll be a lot of things in America that don't make sense to that person. And so, if you bring so well, the example that uh, Don Beck used was he's big on trying to, I hesitate to say it this way, but this is the only way I know how to put it right now, solve the AIDS problem in Africa. Mm. And he points out that a lot of people in Africa are operating in the like tribal traditional systems. And so he's going to the people who are trying to solve the AIDS problem, and he's like, look, the reality is you can't bring orange... He lays the system out. He's like, you can't bring orange solutions or green solutions to people who are operating in blue. They don't understand, and they can't understand. You're, yeah. you're asking them to jump too far. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That's huge. He and, and he had a huge hand to, to play in reconciliation, reconciling the, the Afrikaners, like the South African conflict in the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and he utilized spiral dynamics in order to create kind of maps of understanding for people to bridge the gap and and he played a huge part in making peace in south africa in a lot of ways which i guess it's a bad time to start talking about that again because there uh there's starting to be some bad stuff happening i don't know exactly what's happening but i know there's like a white genocide in south africa it sounds like right now but Hmm. uh he used spiral dynamics as a tool to deal with that while we're on the topic, I just can't miss this it, for fear for uh, at risk of being just totally inappropriate. I was watching this YouTube. I got on a binge watching of YouTube videos, and there was an interview. You never know where you end up when you start binge watching YouTube videos. You start to you start to like question your like what's mm-hmm. yourself when you start to binge watch. You're like, how did I end I up it, here? I think it was Jim Gaffigan. Did he had a joke about that? He's like, you get on YouTube, and it's like it's like being blackout drunk. <laughs> that's like you perfect start clicking stuff and you're watching videos and then eventually you snap out of it and you're like how did i get here i was watching this video so that's a perfect preface of this ugandan guy who was interviewing a lgbt activist person and his first question and, and the whole time he's introducing this lady she's not on camera but his face is just so uncomfortable and horrified it is cringy and he turns to her and the first question he asks is why are you gay? And I almost <laughs> fell out of my chair. Yeah. The whole interview is like that. It is a pure cringe fest. Ugh. His questions are just brutally <laughs> awkward and on the nose. And it was, I'm not going to lie, it's probably the funniest thing I've seen in the last 10 years. Yeah. But it was a great example of how you see people that are very far apart on in, in the spiral uh, and why that's the worst possible thing you can do is put them in a room together hmm. to, I don't know, maybe it's not the worst thing to do, but you can't jump that far. Right. It's baby steps. It is baby steps. Baby yeah. Steps. So stress, 
will push you down the spiral, or I'm not going to say it's, it will push you down the spiral. It will activate lower subsystems because those needs are the ones that become the most needy. Yeah. Uh, or the most the most urgent rather those needs become the most urgent so that's what your mind will automatically prioritize um alleviation from stress will give you the freedom to move up but you know based on what you've been exposed to your education or your development or whatever you know like we have the capacity as human beings to create false or imaginary stressors that can keep us from moving up when the opportunity arises yeah Another thing too is so this is a good a good place to explain that we don't know how high the spiral goes. We don't know. I mean, it's, presumably it just continues to repeat at different levels forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but but we are just now like in humanity, we're only kind of just now seeing yellow emerge. I've heard it explained beautifully. It's almost like waves. How one wave will come out while the other wave is still out and then they kind of one one wave recedes while the other wave comes out mm-hmm. like that's how it is transitioning from one from conscious from one color to another it's not like boom you transition mm-hmm. it's like one level of consciousness starts to transition as the other one creeps up and jumps out ahead and even as that one is jumping out ahead the next one is kind of and i feel like humanity maybe is just now starting to i feel like we're in that yellow in between that yellow green transition mm-hmm. and um we don't know exactly like what the next like what turquoise they call it turquoise will look like, but that's why we say that spiral dynamics, the theory of spiral dynamics, is relatively incomplete. Yeah, and it's very important to recognize um, it's a vertical system, and every component <clears throat> is absolutely necessary for the component above it to exist. So, like people who operate in green or yellow are not more important than people. Than any like another person who might operate in beige. Yeah, and the subsystems, um, like each each one, regardless of individual or regardless of like stacked cultures, where like America is kind of like the dominant materialistic, most one of the most evolved cultures. That doesn't make us more important than the people in Africa. Yeah, because we don't exist without them. We don't exist without. Uh, or like you know, somebody in green can't exist if <laughs> their food needs are not being met by yeah. people who operate in blue and just believe that work is important. Yeah, this is illustrated well by if if so, if there were to be some cataclysm where we lost like our energy resources, all of a sudden farmers become like very valuable again. People who live in hunter-gatherer societies become very valuable again because they understand how to not just live but thrive mm-hmm. at a different sort of level of consciousness. Um, and, yeah, it's not just that it is a vertical system, but literally it's like a tower. If you take one out, it's like Jenga. The whole <laughs> thing falls down. It, they're literally, it's Anything not like... above what you took out will fall, will down. fall down. And they're all essentially important in a valuable way it's like you don't want to destroy the one below it so many times people at a higher level of consciousness they strike out at people at lower level of consciousness they say they brand them as unintelligent or unuseful or wasteful or destructive and that's not true they're literally the, the people they're attacking are the bedrock that they're standing on mm-hmm. that's good there there's also an aspect of healthy and unhealthy versions of the different levels 
kind of like there is in the Enneagram, but they don't go into it, <clears throat> at least not from, not in the stuff that I read. They don't go into it as in-depth as they do with the Enneagram. But um, basically, and I had this thought the other day, like, in America, you're almost at a minimum in orange. Yeah. we st- our Public school starts at orange. <laughs> right. Uh, but that being the case, the only reason that, well, the only reason that is the case is because of a lot of work and sacrifice that's gone into making, you know, like guaranteeing the opportunity of generations that have come, generations yeah. that are coming. So people before us had visions of what the world could be like and have been working to build this country that we live in, not to get patriotic, but, um, so now we have what we have because of the sacrifices that were made. And it's almost kind of like, if you recognize that you predominantly operate a higher level system, your job, our jobs, our responsibility with all these resources and freedoms and information, all this information that we have is not to turn around and try and fix yeah, everything below yeah. us. Yep. Um, but it is to kind of start to begin the process of integration and healing and mm-hmm. um, kind of bringing together, which is, I guess, ultimately what we're aiming to do with the podcast on a small scale. Man. All right. Pain points? Pain points. All right, so we don't. What we don't want is spiral dynamics to to be so theoretical that it's not useful because it's a super practical tool. We talked about like the reconciliation in South Africa. I know it's been used in the Israel Palestine conflict throughout the years. Um, this is organizationally very useful. I'm pretty sure there's an organization or two that certifies people to to sort of utilize these things for organizational growth. Mm-hmm. Um. And so we want to talk about, like, the listener and the pain points that you see in your daily life to help you try to identify what levels of consciousness you may be standing on. Um, So what are some of the challenges of each color and how to to get from this to that? So we're going to start by just talking about the pain points, the things that are hard about each level. So at the level of beige... You know you're at the level of beige because of uh, physical needs. Basi- we, could, we could try to do it like a, in an individual's life. Because in a baby, when you're a baby, you're in beige. Yeah, we'll baby just, is beige. Which we'll is, start there and just see what happens. That's, that's good. I like that. We can walk through it. And we can even use, if you want to use one of our experiences or some of our experiences through it, that makes sense too. I just had a baby, so this is perfect. <laughs> Uh, beige. So babies are in beige. They have no opinions about spirituality. They don't care about your politics. They don't even care about what's happening that day. It's all reaction. Sleep, eat, poop, move out of the way, move towards something. This is just reaction and instinct. <coughs> yep. Um, which is really fun to watch. <laughs> Dude, baby breath. I forget. Baby head smell. Yeah. Dude, it's like cocaine. It's like angel farts. It's like so pure. I didn't have that thought, but. Sorry, anyway. It is, it is a 
specific <laughs> smell. Don't let me get too far off track. <laughs> so beige. You have beige. Beige is the baby. Probably you aren't in beige unless you are living in the woods. I picture like the desert. Yeah, like you're like, tr- unless you're in a survival situation, essentially. Yeah. There's a good chance you're not in beige. All right. So purple. Security with other people, with the people that are around you that you find yourself to I, be among. I think Beck actually went through it this way, and I vaguely recall him kind of giving ages. I'm not going to try to give ages, but basically purple is when you realize you are among other people mm. and you're trying to figure out how you fit. Yeah, if you fit. I think of daycare. Yeah. My son is four, and whenever he's in a group setting, like he'll come in and stand around and kind of look around for a while mm-hmm. and just try to figure out who's who and what's what, what's going on, and where does he fit in the picture. What's the pain point you have? Security. Security. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that's it. <clears throat> so it's very security-based. Um, yeah, that's good. It's a good pain point. It can it can be in relation to even the family too though because there's a sense of familiarity from or a sense of trust that's formed in beige as you're being taken care of by your family mm. but then there's another evolution probably like the toddler phase where uh, now you're establishing like who's really in charge what can I get away with what happens when I do this what happens when I do that mm. Do, do the people around me like this? And this isn't really like a... It's not a super evolved way of operating. It's very much experiential, nervous system driven. Like I think the same way that a baby just kind of moves its limbs through space. In purple, in the toddler phase, toddlers are now like projecting their understanding into the environment. Yeah. Just to see what happens. Mm. And they're starting to form patterns. Yeah. Uh, and then we move to red. So eventually kids get to this place where you have leaders emerge on the playground. There's kind of factions that start to emerge, and I feel like that's very red. Um, you have the different the different tribes that emerge. So you've got, like, the cool regular kids. <laughs> like, in our world, that's, like, the middle-class kids who are... And then you've got, like, the freaks. you got the fours all group up together. So you got all these different tribes that start to emerge, and there uh, is sometimes in, and I just I always think of it as an individual. I guess that's my self-preservation. Maybe I heard somebody teach it that way. But you even described it as now you've got multiple groups, right? That are starting to go in differing directions, um, right? This is where the ego emerges. What's, mm-hmm. What is the pain point? Uh, this is a bad pain point. I don't know if I write this down wrong, but this is where leadership and hierarchy starts to emerge. So the pain point would be, uh, I guess, like harmony between tribes. Not necessarily harmony yet. We don't get to harmony till green. So uh, with red, we're getting into like survival. We're getting into um, groups that believe different things. Mm. and how to reconcile that feels like high school and initially (laughs) (laughs) right initially it's scary we're insecure uh you're describing high school right now (laughs) (laughs) you're insecure you're not sure if what you know is right but you know something's got to be right and so you might cling to what you believe or you might cling to what 
the cool the cool guy or the cool girl, the high school quarterback believes, just to have something to cling to and identify with. Mm. So this is where the ego emerges. So maybe identity is a is a good pain point. Um, and then this is where we start to see uh, larger groups or the initial emergence of like obtaining power for the individual. Mm, blue. That is a uh, post office truck. <laughs> I was talking. So was, <coughs> I've noticed when I talk, sometimes I become completely unaware of what's going on around me. Um, we should have like a a podcast talk of all the vehicles that drive by us while we do the. <laughs> we're gonna get. We're gonna be able to soon recognize these sounds without having to look. <laughs> you just hear the vehicle go by, and you know what it is. That's a Blackhawk uh, helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Sorry, high school. Uh, and then we move to orange, which is... No, blue. Blue. Blue's, oh, red is high school. That's right. And then you start to blue, move to blue. In blue, you find the emergence of sacri- the ideas of sacrifice and salvation. Um, it's a little bit more forward-thinking than just the survival mentality of the red, if that makes sense. It's the initial stages of achieving peace. Mm. This phrase just popped into my head. I don't know how well it connects. That's good. With, with what you just That's said. That's really good. Yeah, but you think about the initial stages of of humanity trying to find peace, and it's really a form of war where blue is law. Yeah. And so we're trying to impose ideals upon each other, and we come to accept or reject certain ideals. The people that reject ideals might just be in red, like they might just be still trying to fight for power, um, or they may be moving into orange. But blue is where we're trying to. Blue is where the process of reconciliation starts to take a shape, take mm. a form. It's not. It's 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 starting to cease to become war, and starting to become something else. Right. We're moving from chaos to order. I guess... I feel like that's like crossing over the middle point from chaos to order a little bit. Maybe, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's like, all right, we. it's a realization that we need to have order. <laughs> we, well, if you look at the levels, the form of chaos becomes smaller with each level. It's like it's, the, it's describing the move, movement from chaos to order back to chaos. Yeah. That's cool. Well, you might hear through the read between the lines here. We're learning stuff as we're talking about the, <laughs> the spiral dynamics right now. Um, so you've got red high school, uh, blue the beginnings of peace, the law, salvation, sacrifice, college, reconciliation. Yeah, college, pretty much. Um, you come out from your parents' rules. You start to get a little bit more open. Uh, you start to figure out what's what. It's good. And then you move into orange, which is, I don't know what that is, the, the, uh... That's where you... The doctorate program. Uh, I would say you come out of college and now you're in the real world. And... In in my experience, (laughs) school is a joke compared to the real world. Yeah. This is why I didn't finish school. Because I started working and I was like, well, 
there's no way what I could learn from a book <laughs> could teach me what I just learned about a car in a day. Yeah. By uh, actually. In my mind, I, you know, I'm self-preservational. I can make so much more money from what I just learned doing this than learning school. <laughs> yeah. The same difference. Yeah. At least in theory. <clears throat> Anyways, Orange, you've landed in the real world. Yeah. So it's the the orange when you leave college you want to be self-reliant you want to be conquering and and you know find a mate and buy a house and climb the ladder of success that's Which that. the ladder of success is established in blue yeah there is no ladder of success before blue before there's order so yeah i think there is a line that's crossed when you when we reach orange we get a sense of uh we get that sense of individualism and this idea that we're more important mm. as a person than other people, but really everything that was established before us is the is is all that it takes for us as an individual to even be in orange in the first place. Yeah, and then green. This will be fun. I, I don't even. So in green, we see relativism, and <laughs> and the ideas of of like harmonizing start to happen. I can think oh, of a, I can think of an analogy that's really down to earth. Do you get any natural places? Where does your mind go when you start to think about like the life seasons of green? I'm not sure I know what you mean. What life season? Like like so? We're, oh. You're in the professional <laughs> world. Where is green? Either you lost your job, <laughs> or you become an, like an entrepreneur or like somebody who yeah. Uh, or like a like a homeless person, or like an activist who just doesn't care anymore <laughs> about all the the professional stuff. Yeah, that's where my mind goes. That's interesting. I think <laughs> of uh, I think of I remember so recently I've been watching our our sister, me and Josh, who are brothers. Our little sister is in Japan right now, and. I love Japanese culture, and she loves Japanese culture. We have that in common. But I was learning about Japan, and I was literally dumbfounded by some of the weird stuff in their culture. Like, for example, let's talk about some of these for a quick second. And if you need to go, we can cut off the podcast at any point. But, um, but like, you don't want to make eye contact for too long in Japanese culture. It's like you make eye contact, you look away like you're thinking, and then you, ah, oh, yeah, I understand. You make eye contact again, and then you maybe look away. To, like, make continual Western eye contact with somebody, it makes people uncomfortable in Japan. They're kind of more subtle and indirect. Also, they said, basically, if you want to communicate something to somebody, you have to beat around the bush. That's how you communicate it to somebody. If you just come out and you're direct about it, it's really uncomfortable. and It's considered rude and kind of uncouth to just like say how you feel about, about a person who might be offending you. And my mind is like, I have to bend my mind in order to reconcile th that there are people in the world that come from such a different historical background that, that they... That their life, their daily life is that different than my life. And the video goes on for 20 minutes about mm. things that are different in Japan. They cough into the air. They don't, like, cover their mouth when they cough. What the... How does that happen? <laughs> uh, so the video goes on. And I think... I feel like green is like... It's like a... It's like a... Your worldview gets broken, in a sense. And you're starting to realize that, like... 
how do all the pieces of the puzzle fit together? And, and you're starting to realize that in green. Well, yeah. And so, so if you're operating in green, which I feel like a lot of people have, or have some green going on, the systems are also kind of like gradient and gradual. Mm. They're not like you jump from blue to whatever's above it or below it quickly. Um, there's kind of a gradual process and there can be a mix and a blend of what's happening within that process. But, um, people operating in green will look at that just like you do and realize that there's a reason for it and have some sort of understanding about it where somebody in green can recognize that we operate in America the way we do because of X, Y, Z. And that you can look at something in Japan the stuff that goes on in Japan and be like, wow, that's so different. But you have, you may not know what XYZ is, but you recognize that that has come from XYZ as well for Japan, the people in Japan. Mm-hmm. So there's not, whereas if you move down to orange, if you go back to orange, it's much more like, no, no, no. They're wrong. This, this is the established the, yeah, way. This, there's a biological reason you're supposed to make eye contact continually while you have a conversation with somebody. Right. This is the way that the world is. They're wrong. Yeah, and there's not a lot of consideration for the fact that, well, maybe the people in Japan did their own research and this is what they've come up with. Yeah. Or they're just operating out of their own experience and yeah. maybe they know something different than what we know. Yeah. Not necessarily better or worse. Green people don't think in better or worse as much as the, the colors below them i say green people the the green subsystem does not evaluate in better or worse so much as the yeah. ones below it and i feel like maybe a better explanation is like green is starting to realize that it's wrong to associate that empirical value with those things i don't feel like green maybe is always all the way i guess you talked about that gradients mm-hmm. i feel like there's a subset of green that is not all the way there yet they're just starting to realize right. that it's very prideful to make judgment calls off the cuff about those sort of things. Right. Or discriminate. So... In general. Yeah. Next thing are our needs to be met. So now we're going to talk a little more specifically about the need triggers that get people from A to B. So for beige, that's physical need. You feed, you clothe... A baby long enough, they eventually move to purple. And then purple, those needs being met become purple's tradition in a sense. Mm. Purple and purple, we start to develop a sense of traditionalism. So once the needs are met consistently, we get into purple where um, people operating in purple are looking for kind of like personal or social assurance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the need to know that they aren't alone um, is the is like the primary need trigger for purple. Tr- purples need to know that they've got people around them. It's okay. It's going to be okay. We're moving forward. You even used a great analogy of kids. Like, if a kid is alone, like if they wake up and they're in the car by themselves... They'll almost panic. It's yeah, like, they do panic. I'm by myself. Yeah. And I've watched my kids get lost before. You can kind of see them and they're too far away. And they're like looking around like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. where are my parents? Yeah. I'm alone. Uh, and that's like, that's the need that needs to be met for a purple. They feel alone. Red. Um, psychological survival. 
I feel like, you know, high school is such a cutthroat place. <laughs> it is. <laughs> when you really think about it, there's a certain sense in which, like, I feel like most of the world is kind of hands off with high school. It's like, let them do what they're going to do. <laughs> and yeah. and it's like, but at the same time, it's like Lord of the Flies. Like, somebody go help those kids. I'm not going to do it. Well, we went to magnet school, too. <laughs> so it was a it was a congregation of kids from all over the city and different, like, all kinds of different... They were, they were very classist schools. Oh, yeah, that, too. Because you went to an academic. I feel like in my school, classism was the violence. <laughs> oh, I was in art school, so it was not that way. I mean, it was like Lord of the Flies, but it was dramatic. I remember uh, I would go to this, I would be in a PE class. I was like a sophomore in high school, and there was this big black kid that every day was like, I'm going to I'm gonna beat the crap out of you one day, and I was like, go to the locker room every day. And he would say that to me. And I'm old enough at this point that I'm like, I'm like, all right, whatever. I've got to face the bully. But I, at the same time, I know this dude can kill me if he wants to. And we get into a rolling wrestling match. That's so red. We get into a rolling wrestling match. What in the world were we doing? It was just pure. Like little animals. Hugging. You are hugging. Hugging is what it was. <laughs> it was hugging. Trying to reconcile those differences. Yeah, we were hugging. And what's funny is we became friends after we finally, quote, yeah. fought. fought. It wasn't really <laughs> fighting, but blue. Yeah, well, so red is that survival instinct. Red is where we see, the, I think we mentioned earlier, the emergence of the ego. Mm. And so it's all about, like, psychological survival, which sometimes looks like domination of sorts mm -hmm. and so like i feel like there is some while our america our people and our culture is primarily orange i think there's some red like where we have that fade in and fade out of different colors i think like america probably starts somewhere over at red there's a lot of egoic people that are that way oh yeah a lot of like um i mean even some of college culture is like that well, in America, a lot of countries haven't been in as many wars as America has been in recently. Yeah. We've been in and out of wars for the past hundred years. Almost nonstop. And a lot of other developed countries have not been. Um, and so, remember when you see that, this is like a good helpful advice, when you see that egoic person, they, that's a need that needs to be met. Or when you see a tribal, very traditional person, there's a need that needs to be met in order for them to see something different. And that need isn't being explained to them what's wrong with them. Then we move to purple. I mean, uh, excuse me, blue. The need, primary need for blue or primary need trigger for blue is security and stability. Um, law and order. Yeah. And that makes sense, too. Whenever you leave your kind of egoic self, I think that the the cultural narrative is that you leave college and then you get a job and you get a routine and you settle in and you get comfortable and you make sure you got insurance on everything. And that's the, that's the order. Yeah. Yeah, purple. So, beige individual, purple, you realize not everybody's out to kill you. Red, you have a group. You've realized 
there are people you can trust, but there's also other people who you might not be able to trust. And blue is the emergence of realizing that there is cooperation on a larger scale. So it's a gradual zooming out. Um, blue is people operating in blue are seeking reconciliation between groups of people by using law and order. Yeah. That's interesting. I never thought about that zooming out. The whole perspective, it, it just never it stopped is. zooming out. It's all coming to me as we talk through it. Mm -hmm. And then orange. Orange is kind of peculiar because another thing, too, that's interesting about spiral dynamics, too, that you'll notice is the colors alternate between warm and cool. And all the warm warm colors are more individual and egoically oriented, and all the cool colors are more group oriented. Yeah. Uh, which is just a fun fact. But we go back to a more individually oriented independence. That's the need trigger for orange, is independence. Need triggers independence. And, and I feel like, too, it's worth clarifying that, I know we talked a little bit about it earlier, but the need for independence is not completely, there's, is there just a certain, completely arrogant. Orange is not like a completely arrogant number. I think that there's a certain amount of, of arrogance, there's a certain amount of independence that's necessary in order to break away from, break away from like law and order, group yeah. think, safety yeah, thinking. There is. In order for there to be progress, somebody has to say, okay, it's time to change something. And in, and you look at a blue world, the reason why everybody stays blue and blue is so rigid is because it's not safe to, it's not safe to cross the ocean and go live somewhere else. It's not safe to leave this town and go live over on that side of town. But it's also boring. Yeah, it is boring. To stay in blue. So you got to have the balance. Then green, the primary need trigger of green is affiliation. Um... You want to talk a little bit about affiliation? Green is where we start to get into the higher level emotional processing and um, like focusing on the relationships between things and how those work, which requires like, this is where we shift gears into, uh, you start getting into compassion and being able to understand things from other people's perspectives. So green is all about harmony. Um, and yeah, their need trigger is the need to be able to affiliate without having to be blue and commit to. Oh, that is fascinating. So you've got this weird, first you have the emergence of law and order, and then you have this emergence of independence. And green is almost like battling to find the balance between them. Or not battling to find the balance. Green is like when you find the balance between mm -hmm. them. Yeah. Uh, you have, in green, you have law, order, and stability, but you also have independence. <clears throat> and so, yeah, that's interesting. You almost reconnect again with all the independent people, all the independently minded people. Right. Um, that's really neat. And then yellow. I don't think we're going to touch turquoise for this. But with yellow, uh, self-worth and acceptance, um, viability in order to a disordered world. Um, so self-worth and acceptance. I think that 
It's hard for yellows. I've heard yellows described as hiding sometimes, like wherever they are. And I think that that's accurate. I think when you get to yellow, and I don't think I'm at yellow yet. I'm pretty sure I'm not at yellow. I think that when you get to yellow, you are naturally empathetic. You're naturally empathetic person. Like when you see somebody who's in purple or in blue, and you don't even have to have all the language. You don't have to understand what we're talking about, these colors. It's people that don't have to take an extra step to become empathetic towards somebody. It's like second nature. It's like they're almost connected. And and the reason I well, they're able to connect, I think, with all those colors is because they recognize them in themselves first. Right. Yeah, if green is... Needs tr- if green's need trigger is uh, affiliation, yellow's is like a, a, a level deeper than that, where yellow is recognizing the importance of the individual's subjective experience. Like we talked about with Chris, everybody's experience is their own. Yellow is recognizing the power of experience, which is... Where turquoise is going. Yeah. But we won't get into turquoise. Yeah, I was going to say, good luck with that. You're on your own if you're going into turquoise. (laughs) Yellow is all about um, restoration and healing and integrating and aligning. Mm -hmm. Um, They recognize the importance of all of it. It's fascinating to now learn about, you hear all these cliches about servant leadership. I probably heard about servant leadership 15 times through like different organizations and like church and uh, different stories and parables and things. And only now am I really coming full circle and sort of understanding what that means. Like when a yellow sees another level, wherever they are, they see that there's a need that needs to be met more than they see a problem that needs to be fixed. And right. it just blows my mind. To see the kind of mechanics of like servant leadership, of the heart of servant leadership. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and then the role of the organization, the people that are filling in the structure that um, that's necessary for the leader to do what he's envisioning. Um, like everybody kind of falls in in a support role uh-huh. according to that vision because the leader... In this kind of, in this type of scenario, the leader is somebody who sees a need and acts on it. And through action, they become, they inspire more action. And then a vision starts to form about how much more can be done. And then everybody falls into a structure and specific roles that are, I think, play, that kind of play out through the spiral dynamics. Yeah. And it's fascinating, too, that. So many people, and this is a problem that I come into, I think it's a cultural thing, though. So many people think that, like, social media influencers and the quick, clever job to make enough money to live the lifestyle that you want to live is what is going to get you all these things that you see in yellow. You know, compassion and love and connectedness and influence. And it's just not true. And people... Notice in all these need triggers, none of them is money. None of them is money. Like (laughs) as soon as you get food and stuff in beige, you're pretty much good as long as you have food and water. And like that's what a lot of the a lot of masters teach is is if hey, all you need is food and water and some clothes 
and not even all the masters include shelter. Some of them wandered around homeless. But, like, money is never the need trigger, I feel like, for any of these. Uh-huh. And in our culture, it's like we're taught that money is the need trigger that it takes you to godhood. <laughs> we are. Yeah, I think it's indirect, but I think you're right. Um, and so I think that one of the reasons why spiral dynamics is so important is because it helps us to see our own need. And then once we've addressed that need, we're able to help other people address those needs, which is like really the heart of influence. And Well, I should say the heart of leadership. But leadership is influence, really. Yeah. Yeah, I had a thought a few times, but I realized, or no, I thought it was confirmed by Alan Watts. He's, he points out that we, as human beings, like our psychological capacity to, I think Peterson talks about it too, but basically our ability to project or imagine what's in the unknown is directly tied to what we know i'm going somewhere with this so for example i'm with you i'm with you i'm good for example when the colonists landed on unknown territory on an unknown continent they were met with the beach and then um some farmable but i guess like if you're up in the north it was kind of miserable but as you worked your way south it was more temperate um, kind of wooded, maybe hilly, North Carolina type ter- terrain. There was no way for them to to know to be able to predict that they were going to hit a mountain range in a few miles. Mm. And beyond the mountain range, they could have been a mountain range for for as long as they could, you know, stand to walk through a mountain range. But then all of a sudden, it opens up into the Great Plains, and then there's another mountain range, and then there's an ocean, and there's a desert thrown in there like there's but when they were mapping it out like when you're mapping out the unknown if the road is straight you just continue to draw a straight line into the unknown to kind of carve that out a little bit more if you look at star wars mm-hmm. here we go <laughs> just star wars <laughs> uh all this all the planets the desert planet the mm-hmm. forest planet mm-hmm. um is all just a projection of what we understand Oh, I see what you're saying. So there's the swamp planet. That clicks for me. Yeah. So, like, all they did was take the regions of the planet we know and maybe dress them up in some different colors and then make a whole planet. Yeah. This whole planet swamp planet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because, and that's really what the human psyche is kind of limited to. Yeah. So, to to bring this back to spiral dynamics, if uh, Don Beck talked extensively about how this is something that they feel that they've discovered or uncovered and not created Mm. and if you look at the structure of spiral dynamics the way you know the 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 hierarchy of it this is how humans build our cultures and societies this is also how the human individual develops so the way that we build on a global scale or on a communal on like a community size scale or a city or a country is directly is a direct reflection of how we develop as individuals. That is, that's cool. You know what I was thinking? I was thinking about an idea that's related to this idea earlier. So I feel like spiral dynamics, the way you see it in your life, it's almost like we can look at old people and get clues and whispers of what humanity will be like. 
later on. Right. Which is scary, dude. I don't... Old people just don't... They scare me. Well, there's... there's, Go ahead, sorry. They have no opinions on anything. Like, think about old people. (laughs) They're crazy. They, They are... They Most old people, they have no filter. They... They have no, uh, they have no like inhibitions for the most part. You know what I mean? They just like go for it. Neither do kids. Yeah, that's true. The circle, circle, going around <laughs> and around. The, our, uh, the baby looks like an old person, and I was looking at her like, "You look remarkably like a little old person," mm-hmm. and it freaked me out. I was like, "You're gonna look like this again one day, probably." Uh, they were they were talking in the gym today. I don't remember how we got here, but basically, um, somebody was like talking about how old they were and how many problems they had, um, and they were like, "They were yeah, they were saying that same thing." They were like, "Yeah, you know, I'm just kind of done." Like, I don't, not that they don't care, but they recognize like how much of what their life was was ego, and they're like, "All I have to look forward to." At this age is death, so I'm not in a hurry to do anything, and I don't care what you think of me. That's man, that just freaks me out because what that freaks me out on on multiple levels. We're getting into campfire conversation. Yeah, that's true. We should probably cut this off before people get freaked out. So, spiral dynamics, need triggers. Any concluding thoughts? I just threw all mine out there. It's all mine too. That's all we got for today. Appreciate you all listening. We're here for you. Let's figure this thing out. Signing off. Till next time.